Welcome to Love Always Self, a podcast about connection to self, reflections of self, and how this impacts our reality. We're all about trying to find balance, discovering tools for spiritual wellness, and creating a safe place to have loving conversations about a broad range of topics. I'm Carissa, an energy healer with a background in Reiki, nursing, health coaching, and personal training. I have a holistic mindset and believe that everyone and everything can work together in harmony so that we can create more balanced life experiences. And I'm Shira, a spiritual intuitive and explorer of personal truth with a background in management and finance. I feel we are all connected and guided by our own spiritual team, whom I refer to as Mount Glass. And I want to help teach you how to connect with yours. We believe we're all connected and by learning to love self, we will elevate the collective consciousness and learn to create deeper connections with each other, self, and source. As we grow and learn through our own life adventures and self-discoveries, we hope you gain insights into your own truth. Don't forget to subscribe to stay notified of new content, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello. Uh, Welcome to Love Always Self. I'm Shira. Hi, I'm Karista, and thank you so much for joining us for our special limited series, The People's Journey. Whoop, whoop. And today we have a longtime friend, RJ. He is a first generation of Lebanese parents escaping a war. He specializes in neuropsychopharmacology from the University of Texas in San Antonio with a continued interest in how substances affect the mind and behavior. He currently lives in California where he continues his career in the private investment sector. Welcome, RJ. Hi. Thank you all for having me. It's so blushing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're super grateful to have you. (laughs) I'm still digging the the onesie you've got on, which of course is a Bucky's, right? It's from Bucky's. I gotta represent <laughs> Bucky's the Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> so if if you're listening and you're not uh, here in Texas, Bucky's is a pretty infamous, uh, very large <laughs> gas station. To be honest with you, I don't even know if you can call it a gas station. I mean, it's like a it's, shopping mall of gas stations, right? <laughs> the Galleria of gas stations. <laughs> Every treat you can possibly imagine, you can get there. It's amazing. And socks. <laughs> and, socks. <laughs> and apparently onesies. awesome so rj thank you again for for joining our people's journey this is going to be a very fascinating conversation um and what we look for honestly is just to kind of talk about where you are in life and how you got there um so why don't you start off by talking to us about like maybe how did you get to a point where you were even interested in the subject of spirituality what what happened that would that caused you to go on to this path uh i would say and as cliche as it sounds it's just death experience death from a young age and throughout life i think most people you know my age or our age they don't really feel the pain of death until like mid to late 30s or maybe 40s if you know hopefully that their family members and friends are healthy. I, I'm gonna say fortunately had the experience of death at a really early age. And I say that now because my journey has led me to believe that death is a beautiful thing and death is not the end. And having those passings, I don't call them losses because you don't lose, you don't lose souls, you know, you lose human, the human body, the vessel that is meant for the soul, but you don't lose the actual essence. And I think just going through university and studying what I've studied and experienced what I experienced in my personal life is like two worlds, two worlds collided, like science and like religion and spirituality. And I started connecting the dots. And some things started making a lot of sense. And now more than ever, we have actual bona fide science that backs up the spiritual world. And we have these famous authors and researchers and scientists. It's it's very, very interesting to see people with some like credibility and some, you know, with, with some like backing that can actually write books and speak their minds and and people will follow because before it was wasn't a conversation we could have with one another. 
so I would say that it was death that started it first. And um, probably started with Uncle John when I was about like 11 or 12. That was, uh, <laughs> that was a rainy day in Austin, Texas. And I just knew something was off. Just went to Lebanon, came back. And I was, my mom and I were driving down 35 and it was just started storming out of nowhere. You know, like Texas weather, just one time, one day is sunlight and then the next yep. like an hour. Rain. <laughs> Boom. <Like Yeah. laughs> something just chilled me to the bones though. And I just, yeah, I started crying. And my mom got a call from Lebanon saying, Uncle John, like fell down a mountainside. Oh my God. These, um, you know, as a young, as a young lad, as a young lad, it's hard to process that, especially when you don't have people around you who really have processes themselves. And it kind of just like carries over like generation. Like I think a lot of parents forget that children just absorb everything they see around them. So how they respond to environmental stimuli is how they're going to respond. That's why some people, you know, in your life have anger issues or some people in your life have very like compassionate, like responses to certain like traumatic events or whatnot because that's how their parents were or they learned it from somebody they respected you know in their lives and um i would say that learning like being in neuropsychopharmacology and understanding how the brain works when people digest certain substances really made me want to delve into like what happens with like on your final moments of your life because you know there's so much of a, like a like a neurochemical chemical dump when you actually pass. And people say they see the light or they see mm -hmm. the flash, the light flash before, before their eyes and all that stuff. And uh, the mind itself is, it, it's, it's, it's false that people used to say that we only use like whatever percentage of our brain. That's not true. Like we use all of our brain. All of our brain is active. We just don't understand all of it. And I really believe that you have these three components of you, know, you got your conscious mind, your unconscious mind, your subconscious mind and the unconscious mind really it's sort of like your fight and flight you know it's a, it's a natural reaction you have it's like that 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 sometimes that feeling you get or whatnot and i, I don't remember what article this was but recently i read that 95 percent of our brain like processing ability is actually not our conscious mind it's our subconscious mind which makes you really think about everything you do in life so that means 5% of everything that we do, like right now speaking, I have this decision to speak and to move my hands and to blush or whatever, or to like take off this onesie because it's getting really hot. These are all, <laughs> <laughs> work if you're cold, by the way, unless you're fish season in Michigan or something. Um, <laughs> like that's only 5% of our brain power. It's a conscious mind, which I eat, like I eat ego and people I think have this misconception of ego. It gets sometimes a bad rep because you think like, you know, egocentric or like conceited or narcissism and stuff mm -hmm. like that, but it's not. ego is what controls you. It's what, or it's what helps you control your everyday life. Like what you want to do. If you're hungry, you want a burger, you want whatever the heck it is. That's all part of your ego telling you like, that's what we want. Let's go do it. Right. So it's really fascinating to learn that 95% of our brain, actually like what our brain does every moment of waking and uh, lives when we're awake and when we're slumbering is our subconscious mind and that part of our brain i i want to say is connected to you and i you know yeah. or you know the collective whatever people in whatever part of the world or whatever animal like people have these spirit animals and there's a reason why people feel connection with certain things in this world they can't explain or when you meet that person you're like oh my gosh i'm so like head over heels for this person mm -hmm. there's a reason why you feel that way and it all comes from the subconscious mind and i there's these energy sources out there you know like joe Dispenza talks about it and there's a lot of people out there who talk mm -hmm. about these kind of things um there's another guy i really like uh he used to be the host of that show uh brain brain games um i know what you're talking about but i can't remember the name of the guy I, he's really great to follow too. Gosh, I don't know why his name is slipping my mind, but like, there's a lot of people out there who talk about this and they're quantifying it with empirical science, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that really what got me into like very interested. It started with the whole death thing and trying to explain death and what it means. And then obviously like the existential questions of like, why we're here and what is this universe or multiverse that we're a part of and like how small we are in the grand scheme of things. 
so then I got down the road of like meditation and this research in different um, like plants and just how animal behavior, everything, human behavior. I mean, at the end of the day, humans are just animals. I mean, we live the lives for a couple hundred years. That's it. So I remind people when humans do very unfathomable things that at the end of the day, we're just animals living on this rock. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense if you think of it that way. So you can't really get upset. Um, but yeah, so it started with death and I mean, it's a, it's a ever long journey. It's yeah. never going to stop. Even after I pass, I think it's one of those things where you take your lessons onto another, another life or another world, and then you get recycled into the whole ball of energy. We call it the cosmos or whatnot. The circle of life is so much more in depth than we originally imagined. It's very much is, yes. Um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, that totally answers my question. Um, I definitely find that everyone's journey to, you know, I'm I, I'm going to use the words awakening, right? Which is just right, waking up to, to the point where you're wanting to start asking questions about yourself, right? Um, you want to learn more. You're not just on this like auto programming of, I'm a human being and I have to dress this way and I have to do this kind of a job and I work these hours and then I build a house and I start a family and then I just, you know, like to me that is, you know, just the very uh, monotonous part of us being humans versus the capabilities of what we really have in stored for us and what we really can expand to and become aware of, Right. Um, and there's a lot of things that lead people to get to that point. Um, and there's a lot of things that sometimes people can go through these types of uh, starting to ask questions procedures with, they just simply had a question, right? And they didn't have to, and those are the lucky ones that didn't have anything traumatic that happened to them that, you know, brought them to that state of awareness that they started diving down that rabbit hole you know, and then there's some of us that have had traumatic experiences that led us to, you know, get to that point, right? Um, and it sounds to me, you know, based on your story that you had a traumatic experience and that's what kind of pushed you into wanting to start asking questions. What, what is this all about? Yeah. And then that always leads to, okay, what am I capable of? <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> and I also think like in our world too, and even like some of the big New York Times columnists will admit it, it's so much easier to share bad news and good news, you know, and there's a lot of negative news out there that like negative energy and just negative like reactions toward things that we know of, but we don't see a lot of the, the positive light, the positive energy. And I'll admit like when I was a teenager and after a few of those, those passings, I was a mortified and very depressed person. I, I was confused. You know, my, my mom worked her butt off to support for four children in like middle school education. So she didn't have help. And it was, and she didn't understand emotions like that. I mean, she grew up in the mountains in a village of like 20 people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, oh. coming to a country like this with all these like different like energies being bombarded at you at all times, it wasn't, you couldn't go to her for those kind of things. And to be frank, and I'm not, I'm not, timid to admit this like when i was a little kid like a lot of the kids i was i had suicidal tendencies and thoughts because of the confusion and the disruption and then i remember learning about carl maslow and his hierarchy of needs and just something switched when i was about 16 years old something switched in my brain like you cannot keep on bringing yourself down like that is just so disrespectful to your body mind and soul you know like god or whatever you want to call God, or whatever you want to believe God is, it's just a noun, so like people freak out about this, that word, but whatever God is to you, or whatever, whatever you praise, or think, whenever a miracle happens, that entity, or deity, created me, and creates all of us, and we are here for a reason, we might not understand it now, but we will understand it at a certain point in our lives, or our next life, or you know, I believe in reincarnation, which is not what Maronite Catholics do. That's what I was raised. But you, it, your next life can be in the past because time is non-existent when you're in the, the, you know, the afterlife. And it's all put there for us to learn lessons. And 
in one of my meditative episodes, I was with this, this energy entity that I call God. And it was such a warm and secure feeling. It, wow. it didn't have any type of structure. It just felt like this warm white ball of light right behind the, my left ear the whole time. And yeah, I was, on a, I was in an out-of-body experience. I was traveling the cosmos and eventually, like long story short, eventually I ended up just floating in the middle of space. And I, wow. have, you seen, have you seen the movie, Dr. Strange? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where so you- God, sometimes I think these movie writers like and these comic book you know, developers or creators like Stanley, I think they're beyond human sometimes. I really do. Like some of like, like the movie Avatar. I mean, it has so many like hidden meanings yeah. to it. So much truth behind like the whole story and the tree and there's science behind that too. Like that tree, like trees in the mycelium network and all that stuff. We can talk mm-hmm. about that later. I really feel like these people have been touched by like angels or some extraterrestrial force or energy, or they've seen it somehow or like witnessed it. And uh, there's a there's a scene in in uh, Doctor Strange where he's fighting at the end. He's fighting the story of the world, <clears throat> and he's on like that. A sphere and it's this huge like gaseous entity or whatever it is and i had one glimpse of god it was that scene and i was just an astronaut running like on this neon sphere like kind of think about tron like the whole yeah thing. so this sphere is if i'm not running actually the sphere is spinning so i'm just kind of running in place and in front of me is that and i'm sure this is like the, the fabrication in my mind because i've seen this movie and that's how i like connect what a god would look like they look like the destroyer of worlds so at first, like my heart rate starts going up. I'm like, oh goodness, what, what's going on? And, you know, God tells me, it's like, I am not destroyer of the worlds. I am the creator of worlds. Wow. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, <laughs> so, so loud. And at that point, like, I just, I just kind of like launched in outer space and I'm floating there, just like in my astronaut suit. And I'm looking out into all the cosmos. And it's almost like God leans over into my, my ear, in my left ear. He says, God is love and love is God. And going through like mass, and I'm sure when people go to church, people have heard that phrase so many times, like repeatedly, and I never really understood what it meant. And <laughs> I, t- I talked to um, one of my life coach shamans about this, and it was a really, he's never heard anything like this, this before, but it makes so much sense to me, at least, and to him. But there was this painting in his office and it's the painting is all red and in the middle is this black, it's black, but the black is the shape of a heart. And then it's not just all black. There's like little white dots. So it's like the cosmos, like stars. And he told me it took like four or five years. He had a vision of that. And it took him about four to five years to find an artist to paint it accurately to what he to expect. And I remember looking at that during my like my journey because I kind of like snap mm-hmm. out of it I look at it and I and I delve back into my meditation my meditative state and God whispers to me he goes God is love love is God and it finally clicked to me what that meant and he explains like I didn't even have to explain it to myself like it was it's like a voice in my head that just said God is love I am all the love in this whole wide multiverse or universe or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it there's so much love within me that I, God itself, could not contain it. So then I exploded in what, what we call the Big Bang. And, he's, and, he, and, he, and it said that I created all what you see in front of you. And all this is love from the quasars to the suns to the meteorites to you to earth to the plants to the trees. All of it is a part of me. All of it. And it's like in planet Earth is where parts of pieces of me what i call your soul and your essence is it's not like a playground but it's like your trials and tribulations to become pure again so one thing that that's why i'm not that's why i'm not afraid of death so one thing death is is sort of um like a reset like when you or i have gotten to a point in this journey of our lives that either we've learned all we could or we got stuck 
God takes us from here and he reincarnates us into something else that helps us basically purify our souls because what he or she or it is trying to do is pick up the pieces of itself and make itself whole again. And if you ever read the short story, some people call it a poem, it's called The Egg by Andy Weir. Mm. It's only about a five, five, seven minute read, I think. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an incredible little story. And anywhere I think is one of those individuals, the same thing. I think he will, I think he's been touched or seen something that, you know, through meditation or what, whatnot that has shown him the truth. And he discusses that too, is that we get reincarnated into different vessels, like our, our hands and our eyes and our ears, they're all just tools for us, for we're all God, we're all godlike. So it's, it's, it's for us to, to go up, amongst this world and interact with one another and spread love and not hatred and you know try to mind yourself and respect and understand and just try to make the world a better place and also at the same time create this 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 holistic like essence within you what people call heart you know heart and soul to me that's that's god you're shira you're a part of god carrie you're a part of god we're all part of this this existential ultimate energy called God. And he's just trying to collect it. It was really fascinating is like beautiful. Marvel, it's thank you. And, and then you think about like stories like uh, Thor and like Mar like Asgard. Like what is Asgard? That's heaven. <laughs> That's heaven. Like, you know, Thor, Thor is a demigod and he was sure he was born into it, but that's the whole like analogy of it. But we're all in a sense of demigods. We just haven't tapped into our full potential. And every time we get reincarnated, it's for us to learn our lessons. There's another book. It's an amazing book. I think I've mentioned this to you all before. Many Lives, Many Masters by mm. Brian Weiss. I actually and, read that recently. That it was so good. <laughs> it's really good. And it's just like one flight, you can knock it out. And you get off that plane and you're just tingling. Like you just need to pray to something. Like it's, and it's facts. I mean, he has, his, he has all this on documentation, recording. And, you know, that, that lesson of like, hey, when you get reincarnated, you're taking all your dirt with you because it's your job to remove, to cleanse yourself, but you don't remember it. But that's what our subconscious mind is. Our subconscious mind is the recollection of all our past lives or future lives and all the things that we've experienced out of this world. And of course, it's not our conscious mind, so we can't just like draw from memory. But that's why when people like meditate or they, like, you know, do certain plant medicines they tap into that realm or that 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 um part of your mind that opens up a whole new world and to me this it's not dream those are not dreams those are memories i mean i've ex i've experienced people next to me that have gone through some really really intense journeys and i'm a hundred percent i know those are like past lives these people I mean, it's just too real because those are not. <laughs> I've actually not had a PLR in a past life regression session. And when you were explaining, it felt pretty validating when you were explaining uh, the Dr. Strange piece, like when he starts traveling and he's kind of going through that like wormhole like. So I experienced that during my past life regression. So and I've heard this before. And there's no way you can take this many people that have had a very similar experience and say that, oh, you know, you just made that up or whatever, right? Like, it's not possible. I believe it's true. And one thing I really, really connected with is your, you know, that feeling of love when you when you had that experience of feeling that, you know, God presence behind you and then the whispering to you and you just knew. Uh, it, it's like this overwhelming knowing. You just know. And you believe it to your core. That's so, so amazing. Yeah, yes, it is. It's, and, and it's hard to really believe it or get behind it until you experience it yourself, you know? Yeah, agreed. You just see these like hippies, you're like, whatever, hippie, you know, whatever. <laughs> you're just dumb, hippie. but it's not. I mean, there's a lot more to it um, if you allow it to happen to you, you know? It's, it's hard to allow your ego, you know, to, to take a break. And I've had many of ego deaths. And 
the challenging thing is too, when you go through these experiences, you think like, Oh, I'm going to be a different, better person or whatever it is uh, for, from now on, on. No, you kind of, it's kind of like when you're in your car going 80 miles an hour in a 65 mile per hour zone, you don't really remember that you're speeding until you get a speeding ticket. And then you, then you like behave for like whatever, a month or two months and then you're speeding again. So it's kind of one of these things where it's a continuous <laughs> exercise. Like the ego comes back and says, Hey man, like we're going to do things my way again, you know? So for those people that have spent, have dedicated their lives like meditation and just self-development, it's just remarkable. It's, it's just as difficult. I say as running a fortune 500 company, you know, it's a demanding, demanding. It's not easy. It's work, but it's incredible. It's very much incredible. Um, you know, um, you, something you said early on, you know, about uh, beginning to understand like the the purpose of death and the beauty behind death and how you are no longer afraid of uh, passing from your physical experience. I would love to understand like the path that you took to get there. Yes. Um... As I mentioned earlier, it started with, you know, experience death early on, just being confused about it and trying to understand it because I'm one of those people that I overanalyze everything. It's, it's, it's kind of unhealthy sometimes. I spent there on Amazon forever trying to figure out the best of the best or whatever, but I overanalyze everything. And I always try to find a reasoning for everything. And one reason why I got out of mathematics, I, don't, I didn't tell you all that before, but I used to be really, really great at math. And it was until like when I was in junior year, I was in calculus in high school and we're trying to learn proofs and proofs, not fun. And, you know, you, each answer takes like a page and a half, two pages. And I'm sitting there asking my teacher all these like fundamental questions like, well, why is this? And why is that? And she just puts her hand on my shoulder and goes, Rich. Stop asking why. Just get the answer and pass. Like, if you want to learn that, go get your, if you want to ask the question, go get your PhD. You know, go get your PhD. That's what you're supposed to do when you're a doctorate of this, to like ask these and get, get like uh, explanations of why these things are what they are. So just asking all these questions of why this happened to like, you know, the good die young. Nobody could understand that. Like, why does this happen? I understand it because I believe that God needs angels. And angels are people who are the part of God, going back to like your soul, your heart, your energies, is God-like. Going back to that, when someone is on this planet and has satisfied what their life is meant to satisfy, God knows it. And God takes you from this place because you have to go to your next class. It's time for you to graduate whatever semester and get on to the next, next, next semester and take another course. So I think the, you know, I think I'm in about 40 something people have passed in my life. And I say pass for a reason because it's another, another dimension. But I think uh -huh. the major, a lot of those I believe God set in place to get me ready for the one that happened six years ago, which was my best friend and my sister. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even talk about that one for a long time. It took me at least four years to talk about it without crying. And uh, I'm about to right now, but the hardest thing was me holding, I had her in my arms when she drew her last breath on this planet. And to feel like her life force just come out as breath and just vanish into the atmosphere. And it, it crushed me, it crushed me. And then I realized not only are people taken from this planet early for a reason that we can't understand until we meet God or whatever you want to believe in. They, those experiences have a chain reaction with everyone around that person. And that's why it's really hard for me sometimes to understand why, I mean, I understand why people commit suicide, I do. And who knows? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's an act of God too and in some weird connival way but that chain reaction has in other people and i try to remind people that go through that pain like this happened for a reason this is meant to take you off the path that you're on because you're not on the right path and give you another path that you're meant to be on so you need to like really analyze it and figure out why because when people pass of course they leave trails of like love behind and also i mean you know a little bit of madness too but 
when my sister passed, it really made me, really made me believe that the good die young for a reason, that God is fighting a war. And we see that in, even in science with like a lot of physicists, you know, they, they have this theory of antimatter. And there's a concern that antimatter is consuming the actual matter in space. And who's to say that maybe antimatter is just like the negative evil energy of the world or the universe and matter is the positive light. Cause you always have to have two, right? And here's my lucky number. Two is an existence. I mean, look at our bodies. We have two of everything just about, right? There's a, it's a symmetrical line here and it's identical. It's just a copy. And two to me, is required for life to exist. I mean, you don't have existence without equal parts chaos and peace, you know? The yin and yang, hot and cold, protons and neutrons or electrons, you know? You have just life in general does not exist without opposing forces. And you have to have that balance to create harmony. Polarity. So when, so when I read the like scientists, and who knows? I mean, it's just a theory. Everything in science is a theory, even gravity, like, you know, if I, take my hat off and drop it on the floor. It's gravity is just theory. Well, one day we might debunk it. Who knows? It might be called something else. I think people forget that sometimes, especially nowadays with this whole like crazy dilemma we got going on with like the pandemic and the vaccines and stuff. But um, when, when I read stuff about like the, a tip in the balance, and, like same thing with like climate change or whatever it is, and people are like, oh my gosh, like we're all gonna kill ourselves. You know what? I do my part. I try to recycle. I try to like, you know, take the shortcut so I'm not in my car as long, whatever it is. At the end of the day, I think there's something much greater than us that like planet Earth, Mother, Mother Nature will fix herself. You know, just regardless of what we do, I think we're gonna be fine regardless. A good example of this is there's like six, uh, I forgot what they call them, but it's basically in the ocean where like the, the cross currents connect and they're so large that that's where all the trash collects. So they had these like plastic islands in the middle of the ocean. I think the largest ones between Hawaii and Japan or something like that, or Indonesia or whatnot. And it's a massive island of plastic. And that's disgusting, right? Mm. And this article basically said like, well, look at the bright side of things. It creates an ecosystem for like different, I, I don't know if they're crustaceans or what they are, but different like creatures that can't live that far in, out, out in the ocean because they're more along the shoreline mm. and they're thriving and surviving on these plastic islands. So I just started thinking to myself, like Mother Nature has a way of balancing it all out. That it's is very, very interesting. interesting. That's an interesting perception towards that as well, right? Like, because isn't there a kid that's like recently s solved this? Like the the cleaning up the ocean. I'm going to have to look that up because I kind of just put that in there, not having all the facts. But yeah, somebody created some big thing and it's supposedly this kid. And I'm just like, oh my God, these younger generations are so going to outdo us. But yeah, <laughs> it's incredible, but I've never thought of that, that aspect of it, honestly. Like that's, that's wild. You no, know, there's two sides to every coin, right? Yeah. God, yeah. Three. Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can do some of those Jamie's like Joe Rogan has. We're like, look it up. And he's like, looks it up and put it on a screen for you. <laughs> right <laughs> uh, yeah so I kind of derailed there but yeah the you were asking how I got to where I am from like my experience in the path or what was my turning point it was I mean every every passing or every hardship of my life I wanted to self-actualize so self-actualization even when you do self-actualize become this like perfect holistic being or what you think is your what makes you happier and you're, you know you're 100 like uh, i don't know how to put it but you, you know you're there but whatever happens in your life some traumatic good or bad it changes you it's just like being a doctor like you always have to go get like credits every year to you keep up with the latest and greatest medicine right so your mind will shift gears whenever something happens to you and it could be something even small i mean it, even falling in love does this to people too. I'm not saying that's small, it's huge, but even like beautiful things like that changes who you are, even if you self-actualize. So you got to re-self-actualize. And every time like a death, and I'm using death as an example because it's just very, everyone experiences it. I would sit myself down 
and say, what does this mean to you? And I mean, it's not about like, why did this happen to this person? Or why does it happen to me? Like, what does this mean? And how can you, and how can you use this to better yourself and help people around you? And I do, I, you know, sometimes it's hard to keep up with it because it is work, it's a lot of work, but I mean, I do that after every bad decision in investments or anytime, you know, when I was in school and I failed an exam. If, if people just would sit themselves down and just take 10 deep breaths in and or take a walk and let their emotions subside and just think consciously what that event in their life or how it affected them and what they're going to do about it mm-hmm. for like the greater good, it gets you one step closer of getting where you need to be. And sure, there's a lot of people out there who have mental illnesses and it's it's something that I think, especially our country, needs to talk about more. It creates a lot of problems. Um, and medicine can't help those people, at least not like, you know, modern day pharmaceutical medicine. They can just, all it is is sweeping the problem under the rug, you know? Or adding new side effects. Or adding new side effects, yeah. And there's a lot of research out there that, that always, like the placebo effect. Oh my goodness. Like so many people can heal themselves just with a belief in. They can, yeah. they've been healed. I mean, I can, you stories about like surgeries and stuff where people never got surgery and they they went about their lives like they had it and two years later like hey by the way psych you never got surgery yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you your grandson because you believed you did but that was can't, that was a tic tac <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. um sorry i, I, I kind of get off on tangents a, a lot but yeah I, I my sister's passing was definitely um i thought I was there before that happened. Like when I learned she had cancer at 32, I, I was like, oh, she's gonna get she's gonna get through this. It's not a problem, no big deal. Because at that point in my life, I like right when I turned like 30-ish, I was extremely happy. You know, I was so optimistic that nothing wrong or disfavorable could happen in my life. So I was like, oh, she got this. And there's something to say about that kind of energy. Like when people are ill, if people like prayer, for instance, people call it prayer in the religious, you know, in the religious world, but if people just pass on good vibes or good well wishes to people, or just really show their support and love, those people actually recover faster and, and it su- survive things they should not have survived or come out better. And this, and they even do that with plants. There's research on plants. They, they pray for plants across the world. Just, they meditate and think about these plants and give it like good, what people want to say, good vibes, good energy, or they pray for them and they grow greener, stronger and better fruit or whatnot. So there's something to say about that, but um, I was so optimistic at that point in my life that I didn't think anything bad would happen to her, and it that it did, and then it happened, and it yeah it destroyed me, and, but it made me realize like I'm not done yet, I'm not done yet, and our Creator has done this for a reason, and my sister was a amazing soul and that's what was so hard about it she would have been an amazing mother i know she would have raised great kids for you know to help this world and future generations but it was not her time you know there was something that she learned early and she was not able to actually share that lesson with people and with her with her vessel that she had uh, in this life so she needed to be reincarnated into some somebody else or something else to make it make that difference. Um, and who's yeah. to say that she didn't already experience being a mom and doing yeah. some pretty phenomenal things in different lifetimes already, right? Maybe those things are running kind of on a parallel side. And then you can also think about the catalyst that took place from her passing that even pushed you. And that could have been an agreement that you two had that this traumatic experience is going to be for you, RJ. And for those that loved me and allow you to do things that will help so many people. It's incredible just the impact you have on an individual that you smile at when passing by or you're just polite to. And if you think of an act that that's that small, 
that actually has a trickle effect in everything that happens throughout their day now. And then you think about what your sister has created in your heart and the hearts of those that love her and how that's now spread out so far with all the great things that you are doing with your life and that your family's doing and her friends and so on and so forth. And it just keeps growing and going. It's almost, almost like contagious. It, it really is. It's sort of like when you buy in the holiday season and people buy the people behind them something. They buy the people behind them yeah. Something. yeah. I mean, it's that all the time. You know, people need to be more charitable. And it's not just about like money. And I, I think it's, it's society, you know, kind of makes people believe like you got to have like this big house, this fast car and all this stuff. I'm sure those are nice things. and Those are fun. But that that's the wrong kind of attention. You know, it, it's science. I mean, people are much happier when they're charitable. And they help out other people. It doesn't have to be something big. Like I, I, to be frank, I don't really give to Red Cross because that money is not going to those people 100. percent I'd rather personally give it to somebody or do something with my own two hands. You know, uh, I realize how charitable I am because I do put people first, which sometimes is very taxing. Uh, but it's part of the thoughtfulness nature, you know. Um, but. Uh, I was reading Joe Dispenza's, I'm currently reading one of his books, and I went to, um, I met a bunch of friends in Mexico, and, um, you know, had a fun time with them, a lot of love, like, you know, people from all over the world came together, like, in Mexico, and it was really cool to have all this, like, colliding energy, and it's, it just existed so perfectly, you know, it was just, it was such a beautiful thing. Now, I'm on this plane back to California, and I'm reading Joe's book, and airplane like the, the noise of the humming and stuff like mm-hmm. repetitive that make, make me drowsy it makes me sleepy yeah <laughs> it's like a box fan <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm trying to read like i'm people think i'm drunk i'm like Ugh. i'm getting all drowsy and i'm like, okay i gotta take a break it's been like an hour but the last like paragraphs that i read in his book were about his, like his um like he's it he's an expert in what he does but he's talking about his trouble how troublesome it is to meditate like it's very difficult so like never give up like even if it's just five minutes i can't silence my mind for more than 20 seconds i can't and i've tried and tried and tried but that's fine because then you catch yourself you stop and start over again you breathe you do it again and that is still meditation or even if you take a little five or ten minute power nap as long as you turn your phone off and just sit there in peace or maybe listen to some relaxing music that's considered meditation give your brain a break on busy days if on top of every hour, if I'm overloaded, I stop for five minutes. And I just take a break and I breathe. And I was sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'm getting tired. Let me just take like a five-minute nap or like just meditate for five minutes. And I was I was lucky enough to have the whole road to myself. So I kicked my feet up and I put the book down and in my sleeve or whatever by the, uh, the chair in front of me. And I just closed my eyes and leaned my head against the window. And Shira, I can't tell you, <laughs> I've never experienced something like this in my life, even if I tried everything and you put it in a blender and I chugged it instantaneously, which felt like, I mean, it was probably in our world, it's probably like a couple minutes, three, four minutes, but I closed my eyes and I, I was in this white room mm-hmm. and there's this woman in front of me, maybe mm-hmm. 10, 15 feet in front of me, wow. sitting in style sitting down on her butt Indian style with her back towards me and I'm just standing there and I don't say anything but she read my mind she goes yeah you're here right now and she turns around and I don't what I've heard is like when you dream and you dream of people you know when you dream of people you don't see their faces I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true or not have you experienced anything like that like have, have you actually seen sometimes people's faces? I've seen oh, yeah. people's faces. I, maybe there's a meaning be, behind when you actually do see people's faces, but every time I remember or I recollect like dreams in the past, I, yeah, I don't remember people's faces. I just, I know who they are. I just, don't, they don't have a face. And this woman turns around. It's kind of like, you know, puts her hand back like this on the floor and she turns around, turns around like that. And she goes, oh, about time you get here. And it was my sister. I was going to say it was your sister. <laughs> and, and no, and I try to remind like everyone in my life, like she's still here. I know she's still here. She's her energy is still here. And it was just like having, I was having this, like, it was so vivid. It was real. It was so vivid. It was real. And she's just talking to me. She's like, I really miss you. And it was like, you know, cliche things, of course, like, I really miss you. Tell everyone to say, I love them. Yada, 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 yada. And 
when I when I knew this was real is when she goes, you want to hear something funny? Because she tells me she, she used to when I, we were kids, she used to like pop my blackheads on. I was so gross, but she loved like. We <laughs> like every night I'll go into her bedroom and we'll just, we'll just lay down and talk, and she'll just like you know work on my face. Which is why I have such flawless skin. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and we really bonded over those moments. And she's like, I really miss popping your blackheads and all this stuff. Blah blah. I really miss like just talking to you and like I love you so much. And I'm over here on this plane like crying like i was just like sobbing and you got this big 220 pound bearded dude like on a plane and at that moment my ego kicks in it's like this no no wake up dude this is this is this is bs dude you're looking like a fool and my, my eyes start fluttering and this is when i knew it was real because my eyes start fluttering and i start seeing my legs in front of me and I look at the people in the row next to me and they're looking at me like are you okay man like <laughs> I'm on this journey, right? <laughs> and, I, yeah. and then I hear a voice in my head. It's my sister. She goes, what are you doing? She's like, get, get back here. She's like, you know how long I waited for you here? Because in her, in her reality, her realm, a few seconds is like 20 years here, you know? So she's like, she's waited. Like, she's like, you know how long I've waited here for you to show up? Like, you know how long you waited to be here? Like, get back here. And I close my eyes and she goes, well, she's like, good. Dude, that's what I thought. Like, she's, she has a little sassy. <laughs> yeah, she's sassy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was real because then she goes, You want to hear something funny? And this is her like showing me that this is not just a dream. I was definitely connected to her wherever she is. And she goes, You want to hear something funny? I go, What? And she goes, My father passed when I was 16, when she was like 18. And he was um, a challenging man, to say the least. And uh, he very hard. He was from a village in Lebanon, too, like in the mountains. And uh, she goes, Dad's still here. What do you mean? So, People call it purgatory. Some people call it a void, whatever. But it's a waiting room. It's a waiting room for God to tell you, okay, I know where I'm going to put you next. This is where you need to be to try to learn your lessons so you can become more godlike. So I can have you back at home, which we call heaven, or what some people call heaven. She goes, Dad is still here. I'm like, what do you mean? It's been like freaking 18 years. And uh, she goes, Yeah, you want to hear what's funny about it? I'm like, What? She goes, Well, he thinks he'll get in good with the big man if he's a carpenter. So he's a carpenter here because Jesus was a carpenter. And I just started laughing like, why is that state? I'm just like laughing like, that is so, that's my, that's dad. That's dad for you. I'm like, the sucker can't get out of like, you can't get God's like, no, you're gonna wait more, man. You have a lot of lessons to learn. I got to figure out where you need to be. Like you're a tough one. So that's when I knew it was real, but that's, those type of like experiences and like the dreams that you have, they're all connected dots. Like I, I, I advise people to like write down their dreams or anytime you have a meditative experience or out of body experience or anything even traumatic, just write it down, write it down what it means. And I wish I had these dreams y'all that it happened after my second vaccine, actually my second, my second shot. And um, I, I tried to avoid being a guinea pig for a long time, but I, you know, I gotta, I gotta eat. So I got the vaccine and the second shot made me ill. Uh, that night I was just like sweating, had the cold, just like, you know, you have like a mild case of COVID. And um, the dreams I had were so in tune with when God visited me the last, the most recent time I had a meditative experience. And it was, um, what I learned was um, I'm, I'm a protector. So Gary, one of the, part of your answer is, one thing that has driven me to get where I am now is just to understand like who I am and what my purpose is. Right. I think a lot of people ask that question and there was an experience I had, and this is a really funny story. So I, I wrote these dreams down on a piece of paper, unfortunately, not my like tablets. I don't have it here with me. And um, I'm going to try to remember as much as I can, but I advise people to really write everything down. And basically I was, <laughs> I was like the Bible says, like the closer you are to God, the closer you are to temptation. There's a lot of truth in that. And I don't, some people say temptation is like the devil, evil, darkness, whatever it is. But to me, temptation is God's test to say, hey, you are now worthy to speak to me. I knew in the in my subconscious mind that God wanted to meet me. And I had this really, I don't want to be gross, but I, I had um, intestinal issues, right? You know, I was, mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that was clear. And, <laughs> <laughs> So God came to me while I was on the toilet. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> That's 
places. Because I just started like visioning like this dark, dark castle. And like a lot of people get scared when they have like these kind of dark thoughts or whatnot. But I knew in my heart that that was God calling to me because you have to prove yourself. Like nothing in life is given. People, a lot of people these days are very entitled and they're very like, like get rich quick kind of mentality that's not how that's not what longevity is if you want longevity in your life or something that lasts you have to earn it and i think that's a fundamental rule of god like if if god wants to speak to you or come to you you have to earn it so i remember just like i was you know in a lot of pain and it was just in this dark almost like castlevania castle and i'm traversing through this darkness and like the doorways were black widow legs and like stuff that will freak people out like oh hell no like i'm not going nope. down this they'll just like wake up like i'm out done right wash your hands i'm done as soon as you said and, spider i would have been out so it's yeah. all good <laughs> it got so heavy that even when i opened my eyes i was seeing things it was it was wicked it was in, in a good way but i just knew i said like, okay there's something else so i keep like climbing up the stairs climbing up the stairs and at the end and i've had friends that meditate that had the same experience and sometimes they'll get through these doors and there's guards there and the guards won't let him in. When I got there after, because I think I was just, I suffered enough during this, 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 this vision that these doors open, you know, just tall black doors. I mean, like 50 feet tall, they open up and it was just white light. And at that moment, I lost control of my body. Like I could not control my body. And there's an, uh, uh, my bathroom is eight. You're in the bathroom, so the right? railing right there. I, I'm a, pretty strong guy and my head just literally slams into the wall like my pain i have there and i felt like it was one of those trap doors it just like flung me around and my body just i mean my face was in my toilet and i was just i just sat there i go and i couldn't pick myself up i tried i picked I'm like struggling to pick myself up on this handicap bar this next to my you know right there and i'm picking myself up and then I just lost control again. I just, I had no power at all. None. A complete ego death. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, whoop, my head's like, you know, in my crotch and I'm looking up and I go, you're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was God showing his might, like his power. And he's like, yes, <laughs> welcome to the meeting. Like now we can begin. <laughs> That's how he was proven to me that like wow. you are with, the holy field you're in front of me now and long story short like we went through this conversation and basically what i learned was and the part of the answer i know is a long way to answer was i wanted to be more empathetic so i went on this journey to be more empathetic because i was raised very like hardened and logically i can be empathetic to people if that makes sense like i can understand people's pain what they go through but i never really felt them i never really felt them in my heart so i went on this journey to really get more get more processing here a little bit more of a balance right and god said you're never ever ever going to be as empathetic as you think you will in this journey is it like, because i need you to be a protector i need you mm. you are you are created for a reason you are basically a sponge for people's pain you can handle that amount of stress and trauma i have people like you all around the world that you need to be there for people when people need a shoulder to cry on you're the one because he's right like i've seen some really terrible things in my life and it and i keep on going it, it, it's wow. it's so fascinating mm -hmm. and when i had those dreams after my second injection and i never by the way i, I hardly seldom remember my dreams seldom and there's three dreams and I, God, i'm so bummed that i didn't put them on my like cloud whatever but one of them was just like a kind of like a warm-up silly whatever i was running from like friends that are dressed as zombies and like everyone's going the opposite way and i'm telling everyone like run and i'm laughing about it right i'm like what the hell does this mean this the second dream was the most important one and that's the one i can't remember but the third one proves that i was with god it was it was a dream of me i knew i was like some like a retired assassin or something and I'm walking in this like house type. Yeah, so weird. And I, I haven't thought too much more into this. I'm sure there's more meanings behind every title and every feeling that I had in this dream. But it was so vivid. I'm walking in this like warehouse, like, these, like those garage doors that open up. And like there's like studios. Like one guy's an artist. Another person's like a hairstylist. And I get to the last one. And I knew I was not like I knew I was there's somebody there that wanted me to be there, but I didn't want to meet them. And I look into the, like the third room. And as I'm looking, there's a bystander, like it's just a random guy. And he's trying to find one of these suites. I don't know. He's probably going to like go buy something. And there's these three gentlemen and I knew them 
from my former job and they're all assassins. And I'm like, oh crap. So I start running because they start shooting at me and this guy gets stuck in the crossfire. So I grab him and I'm running. And the whole dream was me just running from these guys and saving this guy's life. So I was like, that's what protectors do, you know? So it was, it was kind of like an analogy of like, hey, this is your job on, on this planet Earth. So to answer your question, I, I wanted to understand more about my purpose. And I think I'm getting pretty close to it. That's and I think amazing. people understand. It's kind of like a video game. Like you have like, you know, when you play those like multiplayer games, like one person's a nut, <laughs> one person's a wizard. One person's a, whatever a necromancer. I think everyone has like a theme to them, and you have to like figure it out. And even if you don't, it's not a big deal. That's what your next life is for. But once you figure it out, that's when you become successful. Wow, that's beautiful. I mean, this this whole conversation. Well, listening to you, RJ, there's so much that um, we resonate with, and is like there's so much truth that we feel behind your words. So thank you so much. And and for being vulnerable and being open. And, you know, I couldn't agree more that this, this life is, is a school we're here to learn. And even though we may have um, deeper understandings of what uh, death means, it doesn't mean that that understanding takes away the pain of losing that physical experience of our loved ones. So thank you for, um, this, this awesome share. So we have a couple more questions as we begin to wrap up. So first off, RJ, what is one piece of advice that you would now give to your younger self? Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pick one. (laughs) Rapid fire Uh, questions. There we go. (laughs) Uh, One piece of advice I would give to my younger self would be to, um, yeah, uh, take a walk. Take a walk. Like when things get rough, take a walk. Don't decide. What, don't decide when your emotions are raging. You know, don't and don't don't shun people for their mistakes because we're all imperfect. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Take a walk on the wild side. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, what does self love mean to you? Ooh. That's a great question. Self-love to me means when you don't really, I guess you don't really care, but what other people think of, of you doesn't matter because you love yourself to a level where you know you're doing good in this world. So when people judge you or what kids say, what's that, throw shade or whatever, that just means they're, they don't love themselves. So self-love is, when you're at a point in your life where you can give your, give your, we can share it. Like self-love is when you love other people whole, wholeheartedly. Cause I don't I always tell people like, how do you know who to love if you don't love yourself? So when you find, when you find that person in your life that you love and you have this harmony, that means you've loved yourself. And now you're sharing that love with other people and you, that love is support. So when you become supportive and people rely on you and they can't live a day without you, that's when you know, that's what self-love is. It really is. Because you have to love yourself before you love other people. Oh, that's beautiful, RJ. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for being here with us uh, today. I, I really couldn't uh, imagine the things that you've gone through just to get to where you're at. But I also couldn't imagine you being any other way. It's just mm. imperfectly perfect. So, Thank you all so much uh, for listening and don't forget to love first, love last, and love always. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, listener. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us in this moment. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to our next connection. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow to stay notified of new content from Love Always Self. If you have any questions or topics you'd like for us to discuss, please hit us up on any of our social media platforms linked in the show notes below. I'm Karista. And I'm Shira. And until next time, remember to love first, love last, and love always.
Love Always Self podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. We do not make any warranties about the completeness, reliability, and accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. Any action you choose to take upon the information in this podcast is strictly done so at your own risk, and we will not be held liable for any losses and damages in connection with the use of our podcast. Any and all medical concerns should be addressed with a licensed healthcare provider, as well as any questions that may be derived from the information discussed in this podcast.